The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. G'day, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, we certainly have an explorer with us today. Lycuan Resources, code is L-Y-N, or Lynn, which was my name of my second girlfriend, I think. Trading at around uh, 26 cents for a market cap of just under 10 million. And that's based on my notes of earlier this morning. I've noticed that they're tickling up there uh, 29 cents as we speak. So... Uh, investors are switching on to this one, and there's probably some good reasons. The company has uh, two projects uh, on the go at the moment that we uh, will be focusing on today, Bow River, Nickel Copper, up there in the uh, East Kimberley region, and the Stansmore Niobian Rare Earths Element Project in the hotter-than-hot West Arunta region of WA. So we have Tom Langley, the technical director, to give us a rundown on just what the company's up to. I just mentioned that it uh, was a, a float in November 2021. So it's a, a newbie uh, to the podcast series. So uh, looking forward to having a chat with Tom. G'day, Tom. Thanks uh, for your time today. G'day, Barry. Great to be here. Uh, Tom, uh, I've mentioned the, the two key projects at the moment, Bow River, Nickel Copper, up there in the East Kimberley. I see from stock exchange announcements, uh, drilling is imminent, and so excitement building with this one? Yeah, really looking forward to get drilling underway at Bow River. Um, we acquired this project 12 months ago, um, and it was originally discovered in the 60s with uh, nickel and copper mineralisation outcropping uh, at a Gossen, which extends about 900 metres by 300 metres. So yeah, we're finally um, just finishing off the heritage surveys, flora surveys, and starting earthworks later this week. Bow River, of course, uh, uh, tells us that it's up near the Argyle Diamond Mine. No diamonds uh, on the property, as far as you know. No, but um, I guess uh, it does support that these are deep intrusives, similar to Lake Argyle, and obviously very much related to the panoramics, Sally Malay or Savannah Mine, and those intrusions as well. Right, which uh, what, about 60Ks uh, to the south? Yeah, 60Ks to the south. So, yeah, we, we see this as a great uh, infrastructure in place in the East Kimberley and um, also two hours south of Kununurra Airport. So um, very easy to get to site with just literally five kilometres off the highway. So what are the similarities with the uh, Panoramics uh, Savannah project or minimisation? Mm. Yeah, the layered mafic intrusion itself uh, is similar in scale and extent to Sally Malay intrusion. The rock type has been noted to be similar called peridotite. That's really important for hosting nickel and copper mineralization. And essentially these both prospects were discovered back in the 60s. So they were high order regional targets back then. For various reasons, the discovery and exploration hasn't really um, happened at Bow River. So that's really our opportunity today with Light Cohen to go back over the historical results, um, apply some new techniques, which we did recently with the ground gravity survey. And that's what we're going to be drilling coming up the next month. So that's what we're really excited about, targeting some deeper uh, intrusion that related to the outcropping nickel and copper mineralisation found today. Panoramic, of course, is a producer, but had uh, 
some real exploration success a few years ago, which I think just about quadrupled their resource base. Are there any learnings from that that you guys are applying to your program at Bow River? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the Savannah North discovery really underpins Panoramic's mine there. Um, and John Hicks has been really great assisting us with some targeting as well. And it was actually his recommendation to go back over the, the, the gravity data and, and do the ground gravity survey. And like he said, you know, you can get lucky with your first hole. Their, their first drill hole hit 89 metres at 1.6% nickel, 0.76% copper and 0.12% cobalt. Yeah, we're sort of hoping to replicate the same success. But yeah, it's obviously a large target that we're drilling. First off, we just want to confirm that uh, the rock type prototype is there at depth. That hopefully we can identify some disseminate or massive sulfides as well. And we'll follow that up with the downhole EM surveys to quantify if there's any other conductors nearby. So there has been historical drilling at Bow River? Yes, it's been historical drilling um, back in the early 2000s. And um, we see this as really positive. There's probably 16 metres at 0.9% copper, 11 metres at 1.2% copper, some higher zones of nickel uh, related to massive sulphide lenses, 2.6 metres at 1% nickel, 3 metres at 1.4% nickel, and these are all quite shallow, under 150 metres and above. So, yeah, the, the top 150 metres of this intrusion has been drilled. This is really encouraging, but it's showing it's a fertile intrusion. Uh, we're stepping out 700 metres to the west and going to drill 700 metre down uh, to try and hit a deeper part of this intrusion. So you mentioned that you were in the process of uh, completing heritage surveys. So uh, drilling, what, uh, mid to late August, roughly? Yeah, yep, mid to late August. Um, just want to get earthworks completed later this week. I'm actually flying up to Kanara tomorrow and then just waiting on the drill rig to uh, finish its current job. And obviously we had a few delays with some unseasonal rain, closing the Fitzroy River Bridge. But yeah, it's all back on track now. So looking forward to drilling probably mid to late August. And what's your expectation time in terms of uh, results uh, flowing back into the market? Yeah, so obviously we'll have visual results. These type of deposits, magmatic sulphides can be visual. We can see disseminated or massive sulphide lenses. So we may be able to disclose visual results to the market. We will have XRF on, on standby as well. Obviously, we prefer to report actual assay results. So we sort of, we'll have these sent off for rush analysis and any um, priority zones. And I'd, I'd expect some news flow to continue through to September. And the drilling campaign itself, are you able to say how many holes and what, uh, du what sort of duration you're looking at for the program? Yeah, so we're going to do two drill holes down to 800 metres depth. Um, so the idea being to drill through the entire gravity anomaly because there are lenses of sulfides at the top of the contact and at the bottom of the gravity anomaly um, due to remobilization re of structures expecting drilling going day and night shift probably at least four weeks you're going to be sitting on the rig yourself during that time yes yeah, so i'll be up there um, setting up the camp on site yeah we'll have a, a small field team with me and obviously the, the drill crew. So yeah, it's going to be quite a small crew, but that's all you really need to get these sort of jobs done. Well, it's um, a potentially high impact program then. Yeah, very much so. I think quite exciting. It you know, really comes back to the, all the work that originally led to this discovery in the 60s, drilled a little bit in the early 2000s, and there's just no one's really stepped back and, and drilled this, this prospect since you know the Savannah North discovery in 2014 which highlights just how prospective this East Kimberley region is. Okay, now let's uh, switch focus across to the West Arunta where, as I mentioned, uh, it's a bit of a hot spot. Well, it's hotter than hot actually for uh, Niobium rare earth element uh, discoveries. We've got uh, WA resource, uh, code WA1, got a market cap of 225 million on the 
back of its results there and Encounter Resources um, has grown to a $165 million company on the back of uh, some impressive results there. So uh, you've got the Stansmore project there. Tell us about that one. Yeah, so really buoyed by the success of WA1 and Encounter and been following them for a long time, pre-discovery as well. Um, always thought this region was very prospective, sort of the last frontier um, of WA. And we're seeing that now, obviously, with you know, the first couple of drill holes that WA1 and Encounter are doing, they're, they're finding quite significant niobium and rare earth mineralization, which is really exciting again. Um, our prospect itself, it stands more. It's about a 700-metre long magnetic anomaly, and it sits in a broader regional gravity anomaly as well. So there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot to like about um, the Stansmore prospect. And what we've also done recently is working with Southern Geoscience, we've reviewed the magnetic data and we've, what's, um, that, that's led to another five other magnetic anomalies that we can follow up. Uh, Stansmore itself is really the, the target. It's really the high, highest priority target we have. Given the nature of the systems up there, apart from the rare earths, there's also IOCG type potential, yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's what sort of led WA1 and Encounter out there in the first place. Um, Essentially, both carbonatites and IOCG targets are deep-seated intrusives and they can have magnetic and gravity anomalies associated with them. I guess as geologists, it's always a great place, place to start looking for geophysical anomalies. Um, as you'd be aware and your listeners, you know, not all geophysical anomalies lead to discoveries. Most discoveries and mines would have some geophysical um, presence or anomaly itself. So it's a great place to start and, um, yeah, with Really excited to, to get out there and drill, hopefully uh, early next year. Simplify things for me. Um, so you, do you drill for IOCG and expect REE to come along with it or is it vice versa? Um, well, we're targeting the magnetic anomaly itself. Um, any mineralisation that we can find is is great. Um, so yeah, we, we'd happily take an IOCG or a carbonatite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a bit of a luck of the draw. Well, tell us what you know about these uh, carbonatites in the, that rare earth space. I guess yeah, the interesting thing about these carbonatites in the West Arunta is the niobium associated with them. It's quite high grade and it's a globally significant scale. Uh, and niobium is used as a super alloy, so a small amount added to steel makes it a lot stronger and lighter. But the other interesting development recently is about use in batteries, increased um, charge cycles and increased charging time, or sorry, reduced charging time. Um, so yeah, really interesting developments there and, and we're seeing you know, any sort of niobium results WN are having is um, the market's really liking. I take it then it's on the Australian government's critical mineral list and the critical minerals list of other governments around the world? It is, yeah, absolutely. It's on Australia's um, critical minerals list. It's a fairly, well, it is a totally remote place. How does one get to your uh, Stansmore project? Quite remote. Um, so we can drive south from Halls Creek down to Belgo. We're going to be utilising a helicopter-supported drill rig. So they'll bring out the drilling components, like which is seen a lot throughout a lot of the drilling in the Kimberley and other remote areas. Um, we see that as quite a benefit, really, because um, it's a low disturbance footprint on the ground, um, which is great from environmental perspective, but also a cultural heritage perspective. So, um, yeah, it's going to be quite a straightforward drill program in in a, in a way because we have a quite a discrete target. The drilling that BHP did out there in the seventies highlighted that it was quite shallow cover. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to getting out there. So the only thing uh, holding you up there would be what, land access negotiations? Yes, yeah, currently uh, working with land access negotiations. Um, it's all going well. 
just uh, timing that you have to uh, be appreciative of and work through the process. But yeah, we've got an on-country meeting with um, the traditional owners in October this year and we sort of see things moving quickly from there and hopefully yeah, we're on the ground early next year and um, drilling can commence. Okay, they're not wanting to uh, preempt anything, but obviously Encounter and WA Resources are active in the area under agreements with traditional owners. Yeah, absolutely. It's the same um, traditional owner group. Um, so, yeah, we, we see that as very positive. Um, they're supportive of exploration in general. And, um, yeah, they're working very well with WA1 and Encounter. So, yeah, I, I don't see any issues. It's just a timing thing you have to appreciate and work through. So uh, perhaps a, a first drilling program there early next year? Yeah, that, that'd be a best case. And, um, yeah, certainly working towards that. Any feel for um, what uh, what sort of program it will need to? I think we're going to go with um, three to five diamond holes to really test this target. Um, we're going to keep working with Southern Geoscience on modelling that magnetic anomaly and understanding um, its depth and extent. So it's still in planning stages, but in essence, it kind of will be a small program, probably take a month. And um, yeah, obviously any visual results will um, really, you know, uh, help plan the, the rest of the drilling program. Stansmore is 100% to the company? Yeah, both projects are 100%. And we see that gives us a lot of potential for for evaluation uplift. I just think Stansmore's seen and uh, given it's uh, hotter than hot for uh, rare earths, given the work of WA Resources and Encounter. Any thoughts of Jay Vega with someone uh, with deep pockets? Uh, I would never rule out anything. Um, it's really you, you see what um, Sandfire did at De Grasso. They took it all the way to mining. Other companies like Sirius have a discovery and sell it to a major like IGO. So it really um, it's really all dependent and. Yeah, obviously, that my main focus is having a discovery and, yeah, we'll re-rate the company and add some wealth to the stock, the shareholders. For sure, that's what it's all about, leverage to the upside. And you mentioned Sirius there. They also had to cut in Mark Creasy, of course, for 30% of the deposit before they drilled a hole. Okay, then. So how is the company off for uh, uh, cash to get going at Bow River? Yeah, so um, well-funded at the moment. You mentioned it. we've got a mark cap about $9.5 at the moment today. Uh, we've got two and a half million dollars cash at bank, so well funded to see this drill program out, which all up, you know, it's going to be probably four hundred thousand tops. So, and obviously, um, you come up with some good results, the funding will will flow. Get some nice intersections, and off you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think there'll be a lot of interest for any nickel discovery in WA, Australia more generally. We've seen a lot of interest uh, with Wailu Metals, uh, IGO, Western Areas. Um, in court, yeah. So I think um, any just discoveries we can have would be highly on the radar of the majors. It's an interesting space. All the ones you were mentioning there are sulphide nickel deposits, of course, projects. Uh, one thing that I've noticed recently is the uh, the old um, laterite projects, which are you know, big tonnage, high cap cost. Everyone's ignored them for 10, 15, 20 years. But we've just seen uh, Stellantis, the big European car group, come in and strike a deal with one of them. And uh, a consortium of Japanese companies uh, striking up a deal with uh, another one. So it looks like the world is looking to Australia to uh, well get cracking on nickel, be it sulphide or laterite. Yeah, I think I've heard a comment from the head of Ford, um, which may have been echoed by Bill Beeman, that basically Ford need the entire output of Australia's nickel production just for their electric vehicles. So huge demand coming for all, all um, critical minerals used in the battery space and 
and renewable energy. Now, you've got a full book there with those two, but are there any other projects that investors might uh, want to be keeping an eye on? We're reviewing our other projects at the moment. Uh, these are definitely our focus. Um, I think like most ASX juniors, always uh, got our ears and eyes open for other opportunities. So, oh, who knows? Um, but, yeah, this is our focus at the moment and very much looking forward to drilling Bow River and getting out of Stansmall early next year. Okay, Tom, um, let's bring it all together and uh, we might be repeating ourselves a bit here and there, but just give investors a clear idea of what to expect in the next six months or so. Yeah, so I think they're very busy next few months with drilling at Bow River and, um we're looking to have a discovery, replicate the same success that Panoramics had at Savannah North and um, the likes of Sirius did at Nova. So we're targeting magmatic nickel sulfides when we think any discovery is going to be really well appreciated by the market. Yep, and with Stansmore to follow in the new year. Yeah, absolutely. So again, um, a very interesting region, the West Arunta, very underexplored. Yeah, so we're at another great opportunity there to have a discovery. But yeah, we've got to um, be cautiously, cautiously optimistic. Best way to be. Okay, there we go, folks. Interesting story. Very lightly capitalised explorer hunting for nickel copper in uh, the East Kimberley and uh, in the hotter than hot Western Runter for uh, rare earths, Niobium, and maybe IOCGs. Who knows? So, one to watch. Thanks for your time today, Tom. Much appreciated. Uh, we'll be watching with interest. Awesome. Cheers, Barry. Cheers.